0: Welcome to Five O'Clock Leadership, everybody, with Brad and Rob. Rob and I live and breathe leadership. We coach leaders, we work with leaders, we aspire to be leaders, we're students of leadership. This is an opportunity for you to tap into our work with leaders. Welcome leaders to the Five O'Clock Leadership podcast. Today, the pandemic carries on. And so does leadership and the need for leaders to exercise self-care, self-leadership, and the need for that continues to grow, right, Rob?
1: It really does. Uh, None of us thought we would have to be going much more than four, five, maybe six months. And here we are going into, we're headed towards month eight. Yeah, it's a challenge, challenge all around and definitely a leadership challenge. Yeah, it's amazing too.
0: Some of the habits that have been broken because of the pandemic, but also some of the habits that have been created in the midst of it. And uh, and autopilot continues to be such a temptation. I mean, sometimes I just want to get through the day, get stuff done, then pour a
1: glass of wine and disappear into a show Netflix. Yeah, so how's that? How's that routine? That set of rituals working for you, Brad? Oh, it's working great, Rob. It's
0: fantastic. No, uh, actually, it doesn't help me show up at my best for sure. But uh, but the reality is, is as we talk to clients, you know, I'm not alone here, and so that's why today the theme of of our podcast is reexamining our rituals. We're going to talk about the same process we've we've been talking about in in the previous weeks. Turn off autopilot, turn on awareness in the four dimensions assess how am I doing, and then adjust what changes can I make to be at my best today or tomorrow or in the long haul. So in this episode, we're challenging you to re-examine these rituals using the same process we've talked about before. So how do we do this, Rob? How do we re-examine our rituals?
1: Yeah, so our rituals, just to be clear here, this is the the little things we do for ourselves each day just to to show up and live. I mean, whether it's your workout rituals, your eating rituals, your reading, your sleeping, you know, making a little quiet time for yourself. I mean, these are these are the rituals we're talking about <clears throat> that are intended to sustain us. Brad, as you said, we we had to come up with some new ones back in March because everything got disrupted. For instance, uh, we couldn't go to the gym anymore if we worked out with a trainer or or in classes or whatever at the gym. So we had to come up with new rituals if we were going to stay fit. So what we're recognizing the need for is to reexamine those rituals. Again, this is a in the macro picture, this is pausing the autopilot and say which ones are still working for me and which ones uh need to be swapped out and and maybe have some new ones. Yeah, no that's that's right, Rob. I mean you know,
0: I was used to traveling a lot. I was used to keeping things on the move, used to getting out. I uh, used to working out of the office. And the reality is, is the pandemic has kept me in the office. And so one of the adjustments that I've really had to make from a physical standpoint is getting myself up and out of my chair. And so one of the things that I've changed is I look ahead to the calendar now and notice when I've got client calls on the phone and I find a time to walk and talk with my clients. And I found that actually that really helps me intellectually with them as well. But but that's been a real physical change for me is looking at my calendar and getting up and moving around uh, as I as I work with my clients.
1: Yeah, that's a great example of making changes in your physical body as well as your physical surroundings. All of that impacts and leaders, I would just remind you, you know, those of you that are working from home, what is the impact of your physical setting there at home versus when you were at the office? So the physical has a very uh, tangible effect. You know, other other things to consider in the physical is your physical fitness. And what are you doing for that? I know that when I meet with my trainer uh, at the club, we, our classes have been out of doors and now they are planning as it gets, goes into the fall and in the winter months, they're still planning to hold those outdoors, but they're going to get heaters. Well, that takes a little adjustment on my part to say, I'm going to keep showing up. It's going to, I'm going to have to bundle up. I'm going to have to do some different things, but having that workout and that intensity that I only get with my trainer is a necessary part for me to go forward and be at my best. Brad, I like the way you talked about changing your physical setting. You know, another thing that I know I've done in the past, and here we're, we're just brainstorming a little bit for our listeners on taking care of ourselves in the physical dimension. But another thing I've done in the winter months at times is I've just gotten in my car and driven somewhere. And, and maybe I, maybe I drive and take a phone call while I'm doing that. Maybe I just go and I, I sit in a parking lot somewhere and do some different work, but literally moving our body out of the familiar four walls that we've always in that stimulates our brain in new ways. That's why, that's why they talk about some of your best ideas come away from the office because Mm -hmm. you're in a brand new physical setting that has your brain firing in different directions. And that's a, that's a catalyst for creativity. I know when I was working on my book, a lot of times I would go for a drive and I would have new thoughts come to me as I was driving that wouldn't happen sitting stationary at the desk. So there's all there's a there's a whole list, but I don't know if you have any other brainstorming thoughts for our leaders. I mean, you just go through the list of whatever you're doing for physical fitness, whatever you're doing for eating, drinking, sleeping. Any others come to mind to to be a catalyst for our leaders to re-examine rituals in the physical arena? Well,
0: I think location is such an important thing, like you've said already. But one of the things I'm noticing with clients more and more as they're working at home is they're getting physical interruptions from their family. So it could be little kids or it could be a dog or whatever. And and not that that's a bad thing. Um, it's actually been quite nice to see some of the reality of you know the home life for a lot of our leaders. But Again, you know, you wonder how that impacts our intellectual capacity when we're in a place that is loaded with, with distraction. So I do think it's interesting how the physical impacts the intellectual. Going for a walk stimulates the brain. Hopping in your car and taking a drive while taking a call stimulates the brain. You know, um, it's interesting how that physical dimension really has an impact on the intellectual side of things.
1: Yeah, and and one other thing that comes to mind as I listen to you there is keep in mind an opportunity for switching things up physically is just to re-examine your schedule, the order in which you do things. Consider doing a workout mid-morning after you've had two or three hours of hard work. Consider one day a week is maybe just for a certain type of, of activity. So these are these are again ways of just ordering your day physically, what your tasks you're doing at certain times of the day, certain times of the week, uh, that can make a shift to help you be at your best. And we've touched on the intellectual, Brad. Why don't we move on to a little bit of intellectual? How, Are you finding any of your intellectual rituals that aren't working for you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I, I mentioned Netflix earlier. You know, it's amazing when we think about the stuff that we watch or what we take in and how that feeds our intellectual capacity. And so, you know, I mean, I love a good show. And oftentimes I'm using Netflix as a way to shut down. But, you know, when we think about what we watch and the opportunity we have when we watch, you know, that could stimulate some some greater thinking. For instance, watching documentaries and how that really, really gets you thinking and and really grows your, you know, your sense of just knowledge when it comes to the community or knowledge when it comes to our society or history, um, history, all of those kinds of things, how much that stimulates our thinking and energizes us around the future and, and where we're heading. Uh, you know, I mean, that's just an adjustment that I'd like to make.
1: Yeah, Marta and I talked about this, and uh, we're typically definitely Fridays and Saturday nights. Um, you know, if most of the time that's a movie, um, and and so that's just pure entertainment. Uh, we have committed with one another that during weeknights we are going to try to be more in that documentary. I'll tell you another place where we dropped twenty five bucks. You know, and bought the the first season of Planet Earth. Ah. If you have not seen that series, and that's about nature that's about our world it's it's phenomenal, and the photography mm. and everything is incredible so yes, to be learning there, not just be using our end of day screen time just to um, unwind mindlessly, reexamine your sources of news, maybe it's time to switch out some of your you know go to websites or or periodicals that you read for news, another thing that I think is important is where are you reading things that are really teaching you new things or stimulating wisdom? Leaders need wisdom as they mm-hmm. go, and what what are you reading in terms of inspirational autobiographies or wisdom writings or the Bible or you know any of these uh, sources that that can provide wisdom that filters into your your day-to-day routines it's a it's a different it's a different form of feeding your brain than just you know what other people want you to see on linkedin or facebook i think that in the
0: political environment we're in i know that it's been really interesting for me to listen to different points of view of people that i don't necessarily always agree with and kind of understand a little bit more of where they're coming from you know, oftentimes, you mentioned news outlets, Rob, oftentimes we have a tendency to go to those places that stroke our current uh, belief system. But there's opportunities out there to really learn different points of view, and that can really stimulate our brain.
1: Yeah. How about the emotional? What are you, uh, hmm. where, where are you seeing some signals that you, you may need to adjust there, Brad? Well, maybe our listeners ought to be uh, aware of the fact that you and I have talked quite a bit
0: about this stuff in the last couple of weeks to the point where we've done some re-examining ourselves. And so, um, you know, we talk about emotions and we really try to help leaders understand what they're feeling. And one of the things that I've just noticed over the years, and and you and I both work on the Enneagram, and the Enneagram kind of uh, helps us understand certain certain types of uh, emotions that we feel, but uh, one of the emotions that I tend to feel regularly is the emotion of fear um, or anxiety, looking ahead, planning, strategizing, always kind of thinking into the future, which is an emotion that's associated with that. But uh, one of the things that I'm really working on is feeling emotions beyond that. What are some of the other emotions that tend to show up for me? What's, you know, what's frustrating me or making me mad or where do I feel sad or depressed? You know, it's important for us to examine the different types of emotions that exist out there and exist within us.
1: Yeah, when we shine the light on it and turn off autopilot, we we can actually do something with those emotions. So we're not. <laughs> this is a podcast to help you rejuvenate and reexamine rituals that help you be at your best. When when you hear the words mad or sad and depressed, that might not seem consistent, mm-hmm. and yet some of us are laboring with a burden of anger or a burden of sadness and we're not pausing to notice it and do something about it that's what we're talking about here is what's what's at the root of that now here's here's the other thing and i think this is where rituals really come in there there's enough sadness there's enough things to make us angry <laughs> you know to go around what are, what are some counterbalances to that? And I think this is where I'm, not a, I'm generally not always jumping on the be happy all the time bandwagon. I just don't think that's a, a realistic uh, way of going through life. But there is a basis for feeding ourselves in ways that do make us happy. And so one of those is uh, music. Music does a lot. What are you doing to maybe bring music into the middle of your day? Boy, if you're slogging on on Zoom calls at three or four o'clock in the afternoon, how about a little pause to have some stimulating music and get up and, you know, move around a little bit. Music it it just generally helps uh, release the endorphins. Another thing that I've been doing, Brad, when I work on my daily to-do list is I've been focusing on identifying at least one fun thing I want to do that day. Sometimes it's actually just straightening up something around the house, you know, organizing something because otherwise it bothers me. Now that may sound like work to you, but I love it, you know, when 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 I've done that and things are in their place. Another one is is connecting with other people, and I have been trying to be more spontaneous lately about calling people, letting them know I'm thinking about them. I generally don't get them. Because they're busy with something, but I'll leave a voicemail and just let them know I'm I'm thinking about them. That actually makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I have a ritual of of doing one of those a day, that's a little boost right there. The last thing I would say in the emotional dimension is I've kind of segregated off my Fridays for a certain type of work that's a major shift away from client work and coaching conversations and. I, that really drives the hard work, the, the previous four days to getting to Friday and then I'm still working, but it's a different kind of work. And I've, I've kind of set that day aside, uh, you know, in kind of a special way. And again, that's an emotional boost, uh, for me. So those are, again, just some, some brainstorming on, uh, rituals in the emotional dimension. You have any other thoughts there, Brad? Uh, no, you know, I think one of the things that I would add about the,
0: the emotional dimension, and again, it just goes to show you how all of these are connected, but, you know, so, you know, that I play tennis a few times a week, Rob, and it's just a great way to, you know, to blow off some steam, but it's also a great way to, uh, to, to just work out and, and, and feel good and, and get my body into a position where I'm just ready to go again. So it's one of those things that really fills me up and and gets me going.
1: Brad, it's a great point. Often, we have to do something physical in order to feed our emotional dimension. And so listeners, think about how you combine those for some, some new rituals to boost yourself emotionally. Remember, we're being bombarded with a lot of negativity emotionally, and we've got to counterbalance that with some rituals that have us in a steady, and good frame of mind, and and good emotional place as we go through each day. The last is the spiritual, Brad. Um, yeah, and you have some thoughts on this one, Rob. Yeah, so the spiritual, just a quick reminder, the way, Brad, you and I tend to refer to these, and, and this is the way I reference it in the book, four key components, my identity, who am I, my purpose, why am I here, and my beliefs and values. And don't slough this off, leaders. Don't don't ignore us here on the last part here because this is so critical. This is, this is what's going on in the national dialogue right now. When you think about politics, when you think about response to COVID, when you think about response to the the racial tensions that we're having, those absolutely go to our sense of identity, our beliefs and values. And so, we've got to have some healthy rituals in this area where we are reminding ourselves and. And for some of us, we're not even real clear on where we are in these different areas. And that requires some work. And I can't help but recommend you you get the book. And we've got a lot of exercises within the book and also online that can help, uh, help you pursue and better understand your spiritual dimension. But let me just mention a few that, again, these can be rituals. These can be things you build into your day, build into your week. One leaders I think is really important is have clarity. And this is, you've got your core understanding of who you are, but have some clarity on who you want to be, for instance, between now and the end of the year. When, When your followers think of you, what do you want them to think of? Not in terms of what you do, but just who you are. Whenever they're with you, What do you want that to to be like? And when you're dealing with some of the toughest problems you're dealing with in your organization, how do you want to come across? That's a challenge of of identity. I know that for me, uh, an area I'm really focusing on these days in that regard is patience and not to be rushing to the next thing. Just think about how you want to be. Another one is To practice more curiosity, Brett. I think you mentioned this earlier, but more curiosity. If a conversation comes up that's about politics or about race or about our culture in some way, don't go on autopilot and just focus on what you think about that thing. But consider, if this is a person you work with, uh, asking them, how did you come to that belief or that value? What's the story behind that? And that would be a different ritual than just ignoring it, thinking more about your own position on it and whether you like or dislike theirs, but bring curiosity to it. A last idea that I have, and Brad, I think this is the one I shared with you the other day that that resonated some for you as well. And this again is in the spiritual dimension. And it's taking this notion of who do I want to be and my sense of purpose and what I am working on doing is personalizing that for each phone call I have in the day. So I'm literally looking at my calendar at the beginning of the day. I'm seeing, okay, I've got a podcast recording on there with Brad and Maddie. Who do I want to be in showing up to that? Okay, now this afternoon I've got a I've got a phone call with Cindy. What does Cindy need from me? Not not just what she needs from me in terms of what I do as a coach, but how do I want to show up for that?
0: Yeah, I think one of the questions that you asked before, Rob, in regards to this is, who do I want to be for this person, or who, who am I going to be for this person today?
1: That's exactly right, and I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick list here, Brad, just going to a day last week. I had a meeting with Maddie uh, on some of our marketing and social media stuff. I wanted to show up with her as a patient planner. So I'm mindful of that when i when I get on the phone with her. For another person, I wanted I was just very focused on showing up as a wise, helpful leadership coach. I think that was actually a podcast uh, a guest podcast. For a former client, I wanted to show up as an encourager for a client that afternoon, I wanted to be focused on being a patient listener. Now that means nothing to you. It means a lot to me knowing each of these individuals and knowing what the situation was, but that is a very personalized way of shifting your rituals a little bit and not just showing up as the same person for everyone, but asking, how does this person need me to show up uh, in a way that'll be most helpful to them. And it just, it, it brings a lot more intention on my part. that's great, Rob. I, I do think the, the question of who am I is
0: at the, at the core of the spiritual dimension. And, um, it's not like you're trying to be someone you're not for the people that you engage throughout the day. The reality is trying to be, uh, who you are at your best for them and for what they need throughout the day.
1: That's right. Leaders, again, remember that the challenges that you're having as a leader are the same challenges that are facing, uh, and I'm talking about in the broader context, are, are facing the people that follow you. And so, leaders, we constantly have to raise our game so that we are there for others. One of the challenges that I gave in a keynote uh, that I gave a few weeks ago was this notion that everyone is looking for hope right now. Everyone is looking for some source of hope. They're hoping that COVID will be done. They're hoping that their candidate will win in November. They're hoping that we can come together as a country. And I think one of the challenges that is in the spiritual dimension for leaders is how do you be the hope for those? that are on your team, that are in your sphere of influence? How do you be a source of hope for them? And that probably involves a, a 10 to 15 minute pause in the morning or at the beginning of your week to uh, identify how you want to be showing up so that you bring hope uh, to others. Again, we're brainstorming here, Brad. Uh, hopefully mm-hmm. these stimulate the thinking of, of the leaders who are listening. So leaders,
0: hopefully you're beginning to see, if you haven't already, that each of these four dimensions, the physical, the intellectual, the emotional, the spiritual, they're all connected to each other. They feed each other. And so that's why we talk about a three-step process, really, of aware, assess, adjust. Turn off autopilot, turn on awareness in the four dimensions, assess, how am I doing, and adjust change make changes uh, to help you be at your best today and tomorrow and into the future stay tuned for maddie's take and our coaching question of the day hey welcome back everybody we're here with maddie our secret weapon maddie what are your thoughts on what we've talked about today
2: Well, I just feel so inspired and motivated. We're recording this on a Monday morning and I feel like it's the perfect push I need to reevaluate my own routines and rituals. I just wanted to bring to attention one area that I think is so easy to be on autopilot and that is our social media usage. And that's a ritual and a routine that Affects multiple dimensions. It strains our eyes. We usually have bad posture while we do it. It makes us think about certain things and it can certainly make us feel certain things depending on who we follow, how long we're scrolling, and how intentional that time is. So I would definitely urge leaders to also think about the way that they're spending their time on social media and how they can make that most productive.
1: Maddie, I love that suggestion. I would tell you that one of the rituals I have adjusted to just in the last week is uh I do not look at social media before nine o'clock in the morning, and I definitely don't look at it first thing uh when I'm getting up. It's not the first thing coming into my mind i'm reading i'm reading some other. Uh, good things in my own quiet time and and reading time that are much better than anything anyone has to say on social media. So for our coaching question of the day, I told Brad I would like to take this one, and it is it's very simple. We've been talking about making some adjustments in our rituals. These are very personal. These are very individual. And my question is really more of a challenge. What are at least two adjustments you want to make in your rituals? This could be eliminating something you've typically done in the past. It could be adding something new. It could be changing something. What are at least two? And hopefully they're in different, they have to do with different dimensions but adjustments that you want to make to your rituals uh, going forward now through the end of the year. That's another thing I like to say about changes in rituals. This doesn't have to be forever. What's something you want to try for just the next 30 days and see if it sticks as a habit, but you have a feeling it would be helpful to you in showing up at your best as a leader. That's it for today. Thanks for listening.